Okay, here we are for uh, Captain's Run, Episode 9. We've got a few uh, few newbies in the house and we're not in the shed. So, firstly, uh, welcome to uh, old-timer, James. <laughs> welcome. Satsbet, you're back on. Thank you, mate. And uh, we got Wisey. Where did you pop up? Which airport did you pop out of? <laughs> I've just come by um, everywhere in the world. So, yeah, good to be home. Good to be home. Um, well, good to have you. Uh, I suppose... Um, before we go around the grounds, what are we looking forward to this weekend, boys? I know what I'm looking forward to. Oh, it's got to be the crowning of the greatest soccer player in the history of the sport, isn't it? If Argentina get up, be huge. It's just a shove it up Ronaldo ass weekend, really, isn't it? <laughs> How not to act as a you know a leading sportsman? How are you? What are you looking forward to, Satsbet? Yeah, well, uh, the Argentinian game will be great. I've got a bit of a bet riding on that. So now that Morocco are out, um, yeah, go the Argentinians. Um, I, do you think they'll get France? Should they? Should they? I think, I think you'd go either way, depending on depending on how they defend both teams. But it could even just get to penalties. Yeah. You uh, are you just looking forward to a rest, Wisey? Now that you're back? <laughs> no, no. I love the world game. Um, I actually think the French might get it. So Didier Deschamps, the coach, he's a smart operator. Um, I reckon he'll do something a, a wee bit differently. So whether it's it's all out attack or they um, they sit in the backfield and just defend, defend, defend. Because the one thing that there's you can't a win a World Cup defending. Well, you, you, if you flood the back and you, you get them frustrated, you get a fast break and away you go. So the one thing that that we're seeing from a rugby point of view with football at the moment or soccer, um, is the similarity is the back end of the game, the last quarter, in that um, teams are either really pushing hard to win the game or they're defending the game. And then what happens is if you're defending the game, uh, you get conservative, which creates chances for the opposition. And if you're trying to win the game, it creates chances both sides as well. So um, that's the real similarity in the, in the two sports at the moment. Well, I'm actually looking forward to see whether or not we get a blow-up between uh, Warner and the South Africans. There's been a lot of press this week. He's, uh, unfortunately, his wife uh, got absolutely abused apparently in Adelaide. Um, so she's called for security at the Gabba. Uh, I, I, for, I think it's four years. I don't think he's played a test, has he, since, uh, since Sandpaper Gate against the South Africans, would he? No, none of them have. Yeah. I haven't played so each, four years. They haven't played each other. I think they played a few one-day games and stuff, but nothing. We'll get onto that a bit later. But um, right, well, let's go straight into the soccer around the grounds. Uh, firstly, we've just got to take our hat off to our uh, our resident two four seven eight tipster Jolie. He nailed the multi yesterday. Argentina to win. Messi uh, anytime goal scorer and Messi man of the match. He was outstanding. What'd that pay? Sixteen bucks. Yeah, he we, ch- he chucked ten bucks on it. He's, he's Dead set predicting the future. Guy's fucking travelling forward in time. Yeah, he's travelling <laughs> through a black hole somewhere in the back of the servo. Just so I know you want to jump in bed with Messi, but is there anyone better in this World Cup, Woody? Oh, 
the guy, the guy, uh, the French guy, I mean, Pape, he's on fight. Like, it's just two big giants of soccer. Both, like, one's, to, one's for the French to go back-to-back first time since Brazil in 58 and 62. And then, obviously, Messi trying to win his first World Cup. He's, he lost in 2014. If he wins, it's hard to – like, it's a debate against Maradona. Like, it's hard – it's hard for him not to. Oh, he's the best if he wins, isn't he? I, 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 you'd have to say with like the longevity of how good he's been from since two thousand and six, roughly, or two thousand and five to now. That's nearly twenty years of being the best player. It's like LeBron in basketball. So if we go to the other camp, the the uh, the French was you've spent a bit of time with the coach and they're sort of set up over the years when you're Montpellier. Yeah, yeah. Look, they've got a good balance. So. What do you mention Mbappe? But um, you look at some of the senior players there, like Griezmann, um, you know, those sort of guys, they, they, they hold it together. So I reckon they've got a good balance, a really good balance across the squad. You've got to take your hats off to those guys lost three. They lost Benzema, who just won the play, best player in the world, Blonde Dior. Like he won the Is like, he the guy that did his name? He's the guy that hurt himself in the first training yeah. session at the World Cup and got sent home. And they, they don't have Paul Pogba, who's, you know, one of their best, Midfielders and uh, Kante, who's one of their best, also one of their best, probably the best midfielder. He's like the workhorse, and they were all part of the eighteen side that won. So they're like, if you lost three guys like that in any other team, be huge. And these guys have uh, the coaches bring on a couple of young guys and played a few guys in different roles, and they've just gone to another level. Yeah, you got to remember that twelve months ago they were after Deschamps' head. Yeah, because so they, they lost in Euros. That's exactly right. They're yeah. trying to sack him. So, and he was a coach the last World Cup win, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, he's a, he's a genuinely good bloke. He's he's harsh, uh, knows what he wants, but he's he's a really well, calm, calculating sort of bloke. Um, was he the captain of the '98 side when they won in France? Yeah, he was. Yeah, eh? he played. He played. He knows so, his shit. So he's he's won. He's won. <laughs> well, he's in so back he's to won, back he, World so Cups. He's, <laughs> he's, he's won the World Cup as a player and as a coach. So as as um, many. Have has any other players done that? I'm not sure, mate. But I, I, he's a, he's a freak. And um, the thing is that uh, when he was under under siege, you know, the magazine in France, L'Equipe, which is the sporting magazine, they were going pretty hard. Um, and he was it Leclerc or L'Equipe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, the, it's naughty fucking oh, French. Oh, it's yeah, X-rated, was it? You open up. Like no, no, but he he was uh, he was outstanding. He just went he went them and he went them hard. Um, probably very similar to our mate Eddie Jones. Um, knows what he stands for and he's done well. Right. So let's have our tips. Sats bet. Who are you on? Argentina. Two are nil. You? I yep. think you are on him, actually. I'm on him, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be close, but yeah. 2-0. Argentina. 2-0. Okay, I'm going French. I'm going to go Argentina. I think, uh, I think they'll win. I think they'll win pretty good. If they, if they start like they did in the, first, in, the, in the first semi, I reckon they'll probably get up 3-0. Scott? Yeah, the frogs. Frogs. So two on the frogs, two on the Argentinians. <laughs> All right, let's put a cup of coffee on that. Yeah. Right, uh, let's go straight into the rugby. We haven't actually had a catch-up with Wisey since uh, – you were away for about, I don't know, maybe 10 months of this year. But uh, the spring tour, yep. tough, uh, lots of injuries, um, some nail-biting losses. What's the wrap-up on, firstly, the spring tour? Um, oh, look, a lot of learnings. We went through 51 players this year. 51? Yeah. Is there, so, is there that uh, many rugby players in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> so we're pulling blokes out of the Lennox Head Trojans. No, look, it's... Did, 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 did what, Pitch what, get his first one? Did, <laughs> Pitch got his first cap. Yeah. Why did BB knock you back when you called? That's it. Oh, mate, it was... Uh, yeah, look, it was... 
it was challenging, but mate, it's it's good because it's just the next man mentality. The one thing you wouldn't have heard from Dave Rennie is what we didn't have. So yeah. he, he only mm. spoke about who we had. Um, and yeah, not like we don't have another. That's yeah, exactly yeah. right, and that's a learning from uh, Craig Fitzgibbon with the Roost. Uh, sorry, with the Sharks, um, where you know when players were out, he he only talks about the bloke who's playing that weekend. Yeah. Um, so which was good learning. Um, as for the spring tour, look, two wins, three losses. The low point was the loss against Italy. Uh, played a played um, some of the blokes who didn't have much footy, and um, yeah, I thought we we had the team that. Could have won it, um, but didn't play well. Uh, highlights, definitely the performances against the French and the the Irish, even though we lost. Is that one of the better stadiums to play at? In the French, France? yeah. Oh, mate, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. I mean, they're mad. The Froggies, and they got the World Cup there, haven't they? Yeah. Next year, yeah, so that'll yeah. be where the final is. Yeah. So, so going off those Northern Hemisphere sides, is it is it crazy to see how good they are? Like those, like. France and Ireland aren't necessarily always at the top of the world. Just the improvement, I think. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. is that surprising? You? Obviously, you've probably seen it coming through the younger ranks, but are they as good as what you thought they'd be or are they better? Or Well, there's been a shift. I mean, the North's more powerful than the South now. It, so that's yeah. been the shift. Um, well, why have we seen that? Uh, I just think the their competitions are, are thriving. So the Premiership, you know, despite Wasps and, um, and Worcester <laughs> sort of, you know, falling out of the premiership there. Um, yeah, it's a strong competition and top 14 is going through the roof in France. In France, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're really strong competitions and those competitions are closely aligned to the international game, um, which is very, very different to super rugby, which is, you know, throw the ball around and as opposed to a squeeze pressure mentality. Hey, Wisey, take us into the, the camp. Um, I think you mentioned there the, the close loss to Italy. Um and I don't know if you guys saw it over there, but there was obviously a lot of you know real negative press here. So how, how does the how does the feel uh, in the camp sort of change after that game? Does um, does anything happen differently? Do you you know do you approach that week uh, in another way? Uh, do you talk about the loss? Um, you know, is is, is Dave Rennie uh, different in any way? Uh, look, I, I think I think you actually have to call it as it is. You know, that was a poor performance. So, and you call it um, and, and you call out individuals but you have to offer solutions and the other thing is the only people who can who, who can help um, are the ones within the camp so all the external noise we just keep saying don't worry about that yep. just 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 let's get the job done yep mm. well is he what um just if we just stay on 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 Fran- on the French uh, in this World Cup soccer and Obviously, uh, at the top of their game in rugby, what are they doing better um, in France and say other areas with their development? Because I know they've had a really, really strong under twenties in soccer, obviously, and Union. They're at the top of their game in both both codes. They've got a World Cup there next year. What are they doing different to say what we should be? What what should we be copying? Yeah, oh, look. Firstly, there's money, so government funding. And, oh, is it? And and also professional teams. Um, so, so heavily funded by the government? Yeah, there, there's at the junior levels. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the second thing is you've got the leaders of both with with um, football and, and rugby union are powerful guys, you know, and they're strong guys, they're good characters. Um, so whether it's Deschamps in football or whether it's Galtier in rugby, Galtier is the only bloke I've ever seen who has coordinated the top 14 so all the clubs believe in a system as far as getting players prepared. So getting them fit, really. 
which is, I mean, to do that, it's like it's like herding cats. So he's done an unbelievable job. There. He's not. That what do you mean, known. like getting them to play a certain way no, to no, suit the no, international no. So game? They, or? They, no, they keep they keep their individual way that they play, but just their fitness standards. So you know, traditionally in France, you might have real big heavy teams that are ah, fit and they, they just play kick and clap. Yeah, but he's actually got them kick all. And clap. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's all they do. You know, so yeah. You know, yeah, that's but it. now they they can fucking go now hard they, for 80, yeah, 80 yeah, minutes and yeah. they got explosive guys that that's can exactly change right. the game. And and now he's got belief in the country. Um, now everyone's like we're everyone's fucking we're him. on here exactly, and yeah. we're going to win a World Cup. And the other thing is, Fuck, that they're going to be hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Yeah. And the other thing is that mate, he's smart enough to give kudos to the clubs. So yeah. he's actually saying, look, these clubs are doing a great job. They're yeah. helping us. So everyone yeah. thinks they're ripping. Yeah. So yeah. is that is that different in Australia? Like for the Super Rugby here, is it just like Fucking tumbleweeds going down the road, or what's what's? <laughs> yeah, look, we've got good relationships with the super clubs, but the difference is that we, we've probably got a few clubs that need to lift their game as far as that fitness side of things. Yeah, you know, we've gone pretty hard, and there's there's you know you look at the fifty one players, there's probably some there that we've broken that you know just their base fitness wasn't good enough. Do they know that? Are they aware of that? Now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I suppose when someone's running past them in a in a game, when you've got a Wallabies jersey on, you kind of go, oh, "Fuck, maybe I should have done those extra sprints." So we're going to get let Wisey uh, get to the year six uh, Christmas party. But um, in 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 the wrap up, two questions. Firstly, how are the Aussies positioned after the spring tour? Yeah, good. I think if um, you know you've got fifty one players that you've gone through through the year, so you've got a fair pool to choose from. So the World Cup squad, there's only 33. So, you know, providing that you've got all that 51 to choose from, it's, it's looking pretty good. Okay. And last question from Kondo is um, this might take a bit longer than uh, 30 seconds, but uh, your great mate Eddie was sacked last week. Uh, he's departed the uh, <laughs> departed the building in England. Where's he going to pop up? Oh, who knows? I mean, if you, <laughs> look, if I was a rugby no. league club and I'm thinking of your club, Condo, Fuck, he'd be good at the Dragons. Mate, I'm thinking of it. That's why I asked him. Un- mate, he'd be unbelievable. He would reinvent no, um, I actually, the NRL. I actually have a scoop for Eddie What's Jones scoop? Where, where he's coaching. Where? So Italy didn't make the World Cup soccer. <laughs> he's actually taking on the Italian soccer team, the national. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, he's going to do a quick stint in fucking Inter Milan, They're one of their Series A soccer teams, and then he's going to take over the national side. Look, Wiser, you know intimately, but there's I don't think there's anybody – uh, that you can point your finger at that runs a better program than Eddie Jones. No. So he could be – he could facilitate running an NRL program for a top club easily. And would he coach like at NRL side or he'd just be there in the mix? Look, he, he I, I think from an NRL point of view, what he would do is he'd oversee the whole program and he'd get the very best coaches in each of their fields to, to be on the grass. But, mate, one of his strengths is that he's got an unbelievable eye for detail. So he'll see something in a training session and he go, that's not right. Or he picks something up and he goes, that's brilliant. Um, D- didn't you tell a story like he'd be, you'd be in your room overseas and you'd hear this rustling under the door and he'd be putting shit under your door in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the night? Yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, no, what, what, fantastic. What, what have you got him saved as in your phone as well? <laughs> <laughs> Is it serial killer? <laughs> oh, Satsy, I don't know. I don't think he can put that out publicly. Insomnia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, well, thanks, thanks for coming in, Wisey. Um, all the best in the. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk to you before next year. Nah, but, good. Um, Righto. Yeah. Go the frogs. Actually, last question because we're actually going to as 
at it today as a uh, just a bit of a look back on our podcast. What's uh, what's the two or three favourites that you'd recommend of our podcasts for listeners over the holiday period? Before uh, you go, look, I got a soft spot for Kingy. So Andy I, King, I, yeah, yeah, I love Kingy and and the story about um, um, you know what do you do? I'm doing my best. Yeah. I, I just think that's Kobe Abbott, yeah, yeah. yeah, love it. Um, yeah, so that's that's I got a soft spot for Kingy. Right. Beautiful, mate. You can get away to uh, Year Six Christmas party. Lovely. Thanks, Wisey. Correct. Okay, boys. Uh, so uh, we're moving around the ground. So into the cricket. Um, I know you're looking forward to it. We haven't really seen much from the West Indies, uh, James. So I fucking like watching grass grow. Yeah. So Saturday, South Africa. It's one versus two. Um, and then the Aussies go to India for four tests, um, which will be tough. But uh, we've got three tests against the South Africans. Uh, no love lost, obviously, between the teams. They haven't played since they, were, they it all blew up uh, in South Africa. Um, I don't know. What are we expecting? Well, a little a little more than the West Indies, obviously, two games. It's, it's, it sucks to see the gap. You know what I mean? There's 10 or 11 sides in the World Test Championship that they have. It sucks to see how... Um, well, how poor West Indies were, really. Like from back in the 90s, like like through the 80s and 90s where they were such a hard side to beat and you'd play them in three to five test matches. Now they only get two because they're, they're so shit, really. I haven't done the research on it, but BB touched on it the other day that a lot of them play basketball and and you see a lot of them pop up in, in baseball at different levels. Yeah, that's just like – it's not what – I guess through social media and the world getting smaller and there's more opportunity for – for people and players in that in that area in the West Indies, they just cricket's not be all and end all. They don't have all those legendary players and sides to look at and you know want to try and get to that level. They just a lot of them play twenty twenty too. There's so much yeah. money in that. It's not priority in Test. They're, they're still uh, the Aussies are still um, like <coughs> favourites, clear favourites in the in the betting to beat South know, Africa. Yeah, so they're like at a dollar seventy five, I think. To, really to to four odd. For the South Africans, um, they've got a quick, uh, a really young guy bowls like 150 k's an hour. I think it's Gerald Coitsy or yeah, uh, he, they reckon he's just he didn't yeah, play in the Test series four years ago. Nah, nah, he's, he's only he's, on he's, the, he's new on the scene. But they got Rabada too as well. They and I, I saw um, uh, someone came out the other day and um, was suggesting. I think it was Michael Clark said that the um, South African fans should be sledging Warner. I actually came out and said you should give it to this bloke. So it'd be Michael interesting Clark to see. Michael Clark said the South yeah. Africans should be sledging water. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. South African fans. South African fans and, uh, and, and you know, probably the the players as well. So it'd be interesting to see, um, yeah, what happens there. It'll be I reckon it'll be pretty get pretty fiery. testy. Yeah. yeah. They haven't played a test for four years. It's going to – There's not a lot of those that, – that team from 18, the South African team, they won that series, flogged us, and a, mm. and a lot of the legendary players retired. Yeah. A.B. de Villiers – Maureen Morkel, or however you say his name. There's like probably Maureen Morkel. Maureen Morkel. <laughs> but, you know, there's like five or six really, you know, 10-year players that went out the door after that. They sort of retired after that home series. So he, there, there won't be as many. Uh, is JP Dumini still there? Is that who he – Yeah, I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is or not. But, um, yeah, look, I think obviously with the way that the, the lads are batting, like Marnus and Travis Head and those guys, I just – yeah, I can't see the Aussies getting done. It's we're pretty lucky where you got Michael Nessa who's like he hasn't he's had one start, 
But Bolin was on fire in that last test. Like yeah, it, yeah, it's a pretty crack good. hot. We've got attack, it. We've know? got it. Ama- like, and the best thing is, there's five really good fast bowlers all trying to get three spots, mm. and they they go to India and then they go to England. It's going to be like great for that side of things. All those bowlers bowl well in England. Stark didn't even get to play in 19. Stark played one test out of the five. I'll pose a question: Is this the last home test series we see, David Warner? I fucking hope so. I yeah, reckon I he's so. so overrated. And, and I just reckon he's I, – I just look – He only like, scores runs in Australia. Fuck, yeah. you should not even take him to India. He'll get fucking average of about eight. And from the outside looking in, obviously I've got no idea, but it just looks like he's not a team player. I just don't reckon nah. – to your point the other day, Woody, there's no way you'd put him captain. I reckon he's just a self-centred little goose. Like he's, like he, like he's that – he's got his head that far up his ass yeah. that he's trying to like get his – captaincy ban off to get like he's 38 or 37 anyway like or whatever he might be a year younger than 36 but like how long has he got even if he wanted to be captain a year or two mm. he's he's no good overseas batting wise i don't know i, I just, think it's fair to say that we're not real raps on david water <laughs> <laughs> no, no no let's uh let's move on to first time caller long time listener and this one he's traveling i think he's traveling around australia um saucy but um Gordo. let's uh let's see what he's got what he's got to say today G'day there, boys. Gord's here. Merry Christmas to you all. Just in Hobart, Tasmania, sitting at young Einstein's uh, apple farm, just splitting a few beer atoms and just listening to the rain come down on the front patio. was just wondering there, boys, as many questions I could ask, but uh, most importantly, let's get in the festive spirit. So anything that uh, warmed your heart this year, any acts of goodwill, any, um, anything you noticed, just to put a smile on the listeners' dials and just to... Uh, Get right into gear with Christmas coming up. All right there, boys. Merry Christmas. Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Saucy, one of your best. Um, That's like a fucking riddle. Jeez, he's a good bloke, Gordo. He's uh, got to be one of the world's nicest blokes. So So I think what he's asking is uh, good deeds, I suppose. What do we remember about this year as far as good deeds? The one for me that jumps to mind is Ned Brockman. Um, raised what close to two million dollars for charity recently, running from um, you know WA to to Bondi. Um, you know that's is just, he back running? Well, I, I don't know. I think he's going on all sorts of um, talking tours now. I saw something the other day. He's doing something with Goggins in Australia, but you know he he's just an amazing person and and you know clearly a leader. I think for me, um, a couple that spring to mind, like at a local level, um. Obviously, um, the the Goggins run that the uh, Bodie boys and you guys um, were a part of as well um, earlier in the year where we, we raised a heap of money for um, those doing it tough um, in the areas in the northern New South Wales regions of flood-affected areas. Um, and then the podcast after that, which, I, I mean, what did you raise, Condo, that night, was it? Oh, it's still dribbling in. Still I think we're, I think we're uh, close to a million bucks. Close to a million bucks. Yeah. But, like, I just reckon for me the most heartwarming out of all of it was just watching our community um, after the floods in February, early this year, um, and just seeing people um, for, like, weeks on end, not just, not days or not like a once-off thing, but, like, for weeks and weeks on end where they turn up. Um, you know, we had mates, all of us sitting here today, had mates that were there on, you know, day one pulling people out of roofs and stuff, saving lives, and then they're two weeks later, you know, where they didn't strike a blow for their own business, um, still helping people. 
So just the amount of um, the amount of people in our community that helped um, during that time was just just incredible. And I, and I'd say to that, like particularly in northern New South Wales and you know Lennox Head, like if you haven't helped someone or given something to someone over the last twelve months with all the opportunities that you've been given. Um, I reckon you've had a shocker. I reckon you need You're to have a fucking do it. good yeah. hard look at yourself because, um, you know, there's been so many people that have done an amazing job. James, for you, answer Saucy's question. Probably, probably much the same. Just going to Lismore and like being a part of it was, but just seeing the amount of people having a crack when we're in Lismore for a few, like a few days after the floods there, like I'd. I'd there's no one really in particular except for just the amount of people, just the amount of trades you saw. Like there was guys up there with their whole company, like, you know, a plumbing company or a building company. They might have had 20 guys work and they're all there for free mm. using all their own, you know, all their own tools, all their own machinery to help all these people up in Lismore that were wiped out. And then, then we went down and – Helped around Wardell and um, yeah, Broadwater and that. And it was like sort of the last place receiving help. And there was just so many people there just giving their time and uh, giving their energy and skill and stuff like that. That was that was probably the – I mean, it's hard to go past that. Yeah, no. I, not, not, I not anything that I did but more than what I saw, <laughs> like the amount of people helping and people that probably needed to work, do their own work to keep their businesses going. They just fucking dropped that for – let's say the better part of three weeks and went flat out helping all these other people that it makes you feel happy to live around here. You know, the support you can get if something crazy happens. So yeah, I'd, uh, I'd echo both those sentiments. And I think, um, I think, uh, we were lucky enough to have, uh, Kingy and Mick at that live podcast, which helped raise a lot yeah, of, they did a, a, for, a, they did a lot of money. Free. They that, did it for yeah. free, which was fantastic. Mick still, he's still giving. Like he, yeah. yeah, and and I think I I don't know if I've told the story, but a great Mick Fanning story is that night we uh we, the uh, the Patch Brothers bought one of Mick's boards for I think it was twelve and a half grand, um <laughs> and Parker's Parker did a uh, someone uh, texted me the other day, Parker auctioned off a couple of boards for a fundraiser last week, but uh, Mick rang me on the Sunday and said, oh Condo, you know how I told you I had that guy texting me and you were doing the auction. He was in New York and he woke up the next day and obviously I didn't text him back, but I he texted me and said, oh, did I buy the board? Because I would have paid 15. And I text back and said, no, 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 condo auctioned it off for 12 and a half. And he goes, well, can I buy another one? So Mick pulled out another board and sold him oh, another wow. board for 12 and a half. So he sold two boards for us that night. It was fantastic. So, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a good time of the year. Hopefully we don't uh, embark on uh, the, uh, the rainfall that we saw last summer mm-hmm. um, coming, into, uh, coming into this summer. Uh, homework review uh, was a good one. Blood Brothers. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd never seen it, and um, like I, yeah, I, I was uh, I was fascinated. I I, um, I didn't realise. Um, to be honest with you, um, they made a point right at the end of the movie where the the you know the Cassius Clay or the Muhammad Ali that we saw towards the end of his life, a lot of that sort of. Um, religious side kind of got watered down. It was more about the boxing and the legacy of his of his sport. But um, I, I didn't realise that he was so heavily involved in that whole 
um, kind of like, you know, a religious side and, and then the fallout with Malcolm X. Um, that fight where he fights Sonny Liston, I think it was, the um, the first one where he stops him in, uh, I think it's the end of round six. He doesn't come out in round how seven. How fucking good does he look? Oh, and he how just starts pointing to people. Yeah, how fast is he? I told you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, and when he goes back to Africa, that's the turning point. Like I think up to then – People are kind of going, who is this guy? Like he's sort of, you know, he's he's confident, he's he's brash and he kind of goes to Africa and the, uh, the whole thing just flips and I think he's just, you know, loved around the world. Obviously. I, I, the thing it highlighted for me is like just all the political manoeuvring during that period when, I mean, it's still a fucked up country, but how fucked up was it oh, then? Yeah. Like, you know, so if sketch. you were a black athlete or just a black. Oh. Like, so, yeah, just that racism. Okay. I, I, what I reckon it, the best thing for me was you you hear every like legendary sportsman talk about the number one sports person in the history is yep. Muhammad Ali. Yep. It gives you a good look at why the sacrifices he went through. Like he copped three years in his absolute fucking prime. Yep. Because he didn't believe in going to fight in Vietnam. Like mm. and they were trying to make him the scapegoat. Trying to make yeah, him That's right. And he just copped it. And then for him to just be you can see why he was such a lunatic because there's yep. so much shit coming from every angle because fighting at the time was probably the most, I guess, watched, listened, televised sport. Yeah. And he was the best guy there. It's a shame that it was so fucked up. Really, yep. don't you reckon? Watching oh, that, you're totally. like, it's a, such a shame because he was so it's talented. Just, it's just yeah, so sad. It's Six sad. foot five. Yeah. 115 and moved like he was 70 oh, kilos. Like, he could move. The way he could move his feet, like, and the the distance he could move, like in that Sonny Liston fight, yeah. how he comes in. Well, that second Sonny Liston fight, the because his reach is so good, you don't even see the punch. I'm like, fuck, what happened? Sonny Liston's on the ground. You're like, where, where was that? And he just throws his right. It's just, it's just outstanding. Imagine being at one of those, like, being at one of those training sessions prior to that when he's in his absolute prime and oh. seeing how quickly and how hard he hits. We'll talk about it. Talk about it another time. But have you seen that? I've won Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How good is that? Yeah, like the actual doco. Yeah, where, the yeah. doco. Muhammad, Unbelievable. Yeah. Just, just made me think, boys. Like watching the um, Muhammad Ali one, it makes me think about the guys like here in Australia that face that same um, racism, like your Adam Goodses and uh, oh. you know your Mundines and stuff. But particularly Goodsy, like I don't know if you guys have seen that doco when where he's getting booed. Yeah. Um, the one on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, and and mate, you just. It breaks your heart because oh, – Because um, you look at it now, what's coming out at Hawthorne from last year and all this stuff to oh, do with Indigenous players. They've got a real problem, the AFL. Yeah, I reckon there's some fucked up stuff happening there. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I reckon that the Swans look back at that and just go, far out, we should have protected him way more than Way more. That's why he had nothing to do with him for five years after he retired. He yeah. just went, I'm not I'm – not You don't reckon – you don't think the Swans handled it well? Not as good as they could. Yeah. They didn't go hard enough at the AFL to get on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Because you had guys like powerful guys in other clubs writing him off that are part of the media, like Eddie Jones Eddie, and Eddie. Um, uh, sorry, Eddie. Mer, uh, not Maguire. Eddie McGuire. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting uh, question, isn't it? I mean, is the NRL more inclusive of Indigenous players these days than the AFL? Well, look, I would say that listening to some of those, the most recent um, like story that came out about how AFL clubs were going into families and saying to that was just only Hawthorne Hawthorne? yeah only Hawthorne and saying mate 
you know, basically come with us. You're not living here. That's like, terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, it's, and, you know, you get dickheads like Eddie Maguire calling – what did he call Goodsy that time? A, a, an ape or a monkey or something no, like no, that? No, like, no, that was a fan for Collingwood. A but, fan. He called that young girl out, kept, didn't he? He, he sort of kept – Trying to nullify it. Oh, come on, mate. It's the, you know, everyone yeah, gets get paid out. It. Get on with it. Everyone, yeah. like, so it was like. That you trying, well, but sort of on the basis that you can turn up the AFL and say. What anyone can get yeah. bagged out, you know, like, but it was, yeah, uh, way more than that. But on another side of it, so Geelong obviously smashed the Swans in mm. the grand final. They got Eddie Betts, who is, you know, quite a legendary Indigenous player. Mm. He's just recently retired the last couple of years. Chris Scott, who's the, um coach mm. got him as the indigenous coach slash welfare guy and he that one of their best players had had trouble at a few other clubs just trying to fit in a, and get, an indigenous yeah player. and yeah. he's tyson stengles i think his name stengles he was like this one of their goal kickers smaller goal anyway absolutely carved it out became an all-australian which is like equivalent to a dalian player of the year you know and he i think he kicked four goals in the grand final yeah and just because they had the right structure around the club you know a, yep. a really legendary yeah. Indigenous player helping all the kids that aren't really that comfortable in that environment. Providing a culture of being inclusive. Yeah. But back to your point, does the NRL do it better? I would say 100%. Like looking at that um, Indigenous versus the Maori yeah, that, game. All that mm. sort of that stuff. That pre-game yeah. stuff and the way they celebrated it. Yeah. And the, uh, the set, the, they do the Indigenous round in the NRL, um, mate. And you know what? I, I, I don't know the numbers, but looking at like the – the amount of people that play NRL now. And if you look at the uh, Indigenous boys and the Polynesians versus the the Caucasian, like Aussie, uh, I, I tell you what, I reckon it would be nearly probably more the majority of, of those lads. So, um, you know, that's that's unreal. And um, that whole cultural thing that comes into it is just, I think it's unreal, yeah. It's still, it's still I, I, I would say... On both sides, it still could be way better. And I'm sure everyone would agree with that. But it always be better. Yeah. But if you start to do kind of take a Geelong Cats mo- model and get, you know, a great player that's willing to do it, obviously Eddie's wants to be a coach that's part of the Geelong system. But if you can get that in most clubs, create a comfortable culture where you've got a legend or, you know, a great player from a previous era helping out those Indigenous lads, getting them comfortable, getting them making right choices. And, well, you know, if you haven't watched each it, team. Uh, if you haven't watched the Blood Brothers, watch it over the holiday period because it's uh, it's a really good watch. Uh, get off the fence this week. We're going to change it up a little bit. Uh, we're just going to have – just throw it out there, just your top one or two podcasts that uh, we should have listeners go back to, Bull and all podcasts that is, all uh, all and podcasts. listen to. So um, I'll go first. Uh, Dave Rastovich for me. Yep. And either one of the Andy King ones. I'm an Andy King fan as well. I think yeah. they're, they're really incisive. Um they're super interesting. Uh, love listening to um, Dave Raster on just just how he thinks, yeah. just generally how he yeah. thinks. Yeah, I love the Andy King one. I liked the Sean Doherty podcast. Oh, yeah. So that was yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, really insightful. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but, geez, he's been firing up the last two days with oh, the government mate, on this, it's, it's this so whole good. gas energy How he just sector. calls them all out. Oh. Um, I really liked the Phil McNamara coaching um Podcast, yep. love that. Benny Berry's was good, but my favourite's been um, Josh Adokar, the Fox, uh, having him in the shed with uh, was it George Jennings? He was up here with. He was, yep. Um, mate, that like that podcast was um, unreal, but more so the the work that he did up here while he was up here in this community. You can tell it, it um, really meant a lot to him. So, um, yeah, that was really good for me. James, uh, 
probably maybe Brockies. Brockies was amazing. Uh, who else? What, what other ones have we had? I can't James Wood? <laughs> I reckon watching Woody um, do them, like over the over the year or years, um, you loved, uh, looked like you loved Willsies. Yeah. You loved Willsies. <laughs> yeah. well, I think you were Paro for it. Was that the one you were well, sitting on his lap? <laughs> no, well, Willsie, Willsie oh, like, we always had a bit of American honey wild yeah. turkey. And uh, Beric would always have a bottle and you drink it on the rocks. And Willsie. You know, Beric offered it around. And I wasn't having any. And then Will's like, oh, I'll have some. You want to have some? I'm like, yeah. And about six glasses of those later, I was. I, I think I was doing the interview for it. <laughs> this, is com- this is coming from I, someone, it, as in Beric, who's definitely not a big drinker. Yeah. I mean, Which, he, he did a really good but, job of Liz Ellis's podcast because yeah. by the end of it, he couldn't talk. He was Gordskis. Yeah, yeah I, I think if you, if you went on it the way we approach him now versus how we were at the first, let's say the first ten, We'd just get there at 7 o'clock at night and just get shit-faced on a Tuesday. How good is it we can put it into BB when he's not here? He can't defend himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wouldn't defend himself. There he's answering his own questions. He was asking <laughs> questions to Liz and then answering them for her. Actually, Liz Ellis's podcast was a bloody good one. Yeah. I, I, if, if, I mean, if, I wish I didn't fucking – I'm sure if you asked Will, he, he probably would laugh, but I'm sure deep down he's like, fuck, that was annoying because <laughs> I just that. constantly was interrupting. I – I don't know, Mellows was really cool. I like Mellows, mm. the way he sort of, he had a lot of stuff. He went through a lot of stuff and he was brave enough to talk about that. That's a good one for anyone that's sort of struggling or mm. wants to make a bit of change. That one's worth a listen. Yeah. Because he has, he's doing really good. Um, who else is as good? Uh, we've done so many. I just like, I know there's a lot of other really good ones. Um, I just can't fucking remember any. Oh, there's so many good ones. Just, yeah. Andy King twice, Sean yeah, Doherty, like Dave Rastovich, the ones, Brocky, Phil Mackers, I Phil, love Phil Mackers from a yeah, coaching Tomo, point of view. Dan Tomo, his yep, one was shaping. Um, B Durbridge was good. B Durbridge, yeah, B Durbridge was excellent. Todd Carney was really good. Yeah, he really opened up. Yep, no, nah, he was excellent. Plenty of good ones there to listen to over the holiday period. Um, yeah, I'm waiting, James. I just I'm have just you found another good one? Yeah, Gunter, Gunter's oh, one was Gunter epic. was good. Yeah, Gunter was good. I'm going down the list. Barney Miller's one was amazing. Whippets, like Ryan Clark's, obviously Benny Berry. Mick Burns, the kicking one. Far out. There's so many good ones. You guys have had some. Noah Dean's guests. one was sick. Yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. Oh, man, the Barefoot Dutchman. His one was fucking unbelievable. Who walks from bloody the top of Australia to the bottom of Australia barefoot? That's crazy. Yeah, there's plenty yeah. of good ones there oh, anyway man, to wrap it so up. so many. Jed Smith's was sick. Right, so uh, so if we go, if we just move into the balls deep, just staying on the podcast, how deep are we going to go in 2023? Who are the guests we have to get sats? Who do you want Who, who do you want to sit down with? Well, I um, I still reckon the funniest bloke alive is uh, Matthew Johns. I, I love Matty Johns. It'd be good to get get him. I think he'd be unreal. Um I'd like to see uh, you boys get a few more. Um, I'd like Barnsley to to lean on his uh, contacts out of Newcastle as a Knights fan. I'd love to see. Oh, you know, there's no chance of that. There's no chance of that. Yeah. But um, I'd like to, to hear um, from someone like Adam O'Brien or Danny Badiris or um, yeah, Caelan Ponger, those sorts of guys. I think that'd be unreal. James, uh, my wish list first off the wish list, and I hope we can get him for a live podcast. I, I feel like we can if we, um, you know. Get the right contacts, oh. but Kerry O'Keefe, we've got to get Kerry O'Keefe. 
Kerry Aku. Yeah. He's my all-time favourite commentator. <laughs> he would be so fucking good. We so, have that's a, that's a goal of ours. Somewhere in the middle of the year when it's sort of out of cricket season for Australia, and you know we've got the Ashes going on. If we can do like a winter style, Kerry O'Keefe, one somewhere maybe the Lennox Community Centre, or uh, yeah, somewhere there. I got two. Condo's got two, and I reckon they're both achievable. Uh, cricket, Adam Gilchrist. Oh yeah, that'd be good. I'd love yeah, to sit yeah. down with Gilly, um, and uh, and on the surf front, I'd love to sit down with John John. John John. Okay, you're gonna get yeah, Joel. Well, I know for a fact we can get Parker. I'd love to get Joel. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah Parker. Parker. I, I, I know he, he'd be definitely keen, and he's close by, so I feel like we'll be able to get him somewhere. I don't yeah. know whether I, I'd like to sit with him just in the shed because I feel like a long form podcast with him would be really sick. Yeah, I think uh, Parker would be excellent. You guys go back a long way, don't you, James? Yeah, he'll just write me off for the first probably 45 minutes and then we can get into his <laughs> life. And then we get looking. Yeah. Righto, well, uh, that's the wrap, boys. Uh, Barnsey, uh, g'day from the boys back here in Lennox. I don't know where you are. Where is he? Is he in Japan? Is he in Japan. Newcastle? I don't know where he is. He's, he's, mi- probably- he's miming in, uh, in uh, Gimpy. In Gimpy. Yeah. Gimpy master. Righto, we'll catch you on Monday. See you, boys. See you, mate, boys. smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. (laughs)